Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Pastor Derek Dunn, lead pastor of Alive Church, Orange County. To find out more about Alive Church or Pastor Derek, please visit alivechurchoc.org or derekdunn.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform at Alive Church OC or Derek Dunn OC. This morning I want to talk about growing in faith. Are we growing in faith? And so growing in faith, sometimes we talk about growing in the faith. Well, it means, you know, we're just learning the word or we're going through Bible study and we're doing those kind of things. But, but really, what is it speaking of? We've been talking about godliness the last few weeks. And in 1 Timothy 4, verse 7, 8, it says, But reject profane and old wise fables. And exercise yourself towards godliness. We've been learning that just as we exercise physically, we've got to exercise ourselves into godliness. It's our responsibility. It says, for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable in all things. Someone say all things. So godliness, it, it doesn't just affect the physical, it affects every single area of our life. Our business, our family, our emotions, our mind, uh, fill in the blanks. In all things. And so it says uh, it's profitable to us having promise of this life that now is and also that which is to come. So God wants us to live a victorious life. God wants us to be a living testimony. Deuteronomy tells us that God gave us a covenant that as we follow his covenant, as we walk in his way, that will cause our way to be prosperous, he told Joshua. And what does he say? God gives us the power or the ability to have success. Some translations say wealth, but it's not just about money, it's about success in every of our life. Because you know there's a lot of wealthy people out there that are very poor. They might have money, cars, houses, all the things, but their marriage is a mess, their kids don't want to talk to them, they're depressed. That's not being wealthy. So wealth is much more the spiritual peace that we have, the the life that we have in God is actually more valuable than the the treasures of this world, because those things are going to pass away. But that is eternal. And so God wants to bless us in every area of our life. God is a good God. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God. There's no darkness in him. People say, well, God's judging people. He's making them sick. God can't make people sick because he doesn't have sickness in him. God can't get, well, God's trying to teach people. He's cursing people. God doesn't curse anyone. He doesn't have the ability to curse. But God has set life and death before us. Our choices determine what happens. It's not God's fault. Because if you choose death and you sow seeds of death, what's going to happen? You're going to reap that. Don't blame God. If you want a different harvest, change your seed. Amen. And so godliness is about us coming and and, and, and allowing him to transform our lives. And so we looked last week at three disciplines, and we want to see transformation. We want to see godliness in our lives. If you missed it, go back. Uh, It's all on our YouTube. It's on our uh, podcast, all of the different channels there. Not podcasts. uh, audio, Audio podcast is there. All right. So we learned that to see transformation, what do you have to do? You have to have the discipline of affection. You've got to discipline what you're affected to. And when we talked about that, if you start eating healthy, what happens? You start craving healthy things. But if you eat junk, you start craving junk. And so, so we've got to begin to train our affections. Many people, there, you know, they say, well, I can't help myself. I just have these desires, and it's a sexual desire, or it's a food desire, or whatever, fill in the blank. Well, we, we, we shouldn't be exposed to some things. We were never called to have an appetite for certain things. There's certain things that we shouldn't eat. Are you here? Because it's not good for us. Amen? And, uh, you know, some people all over the world, they say, you know, if, if Adam had been Chinese, he would have killed the snake, cooked it, and he had eaten it. You know? And uh, so uh, I can say that because my wife's Chinese. But, but what I say, because people, they eat anything. And, and so, you know, but, but there's certain things it's not good for you. Doctors will say it's not good for us. And so what we put in will come, will come out. So we need to change our affection, the discipline of affection. We talk about the discipline of adoption. And what does it have to do? Adopting a new way of thinking. When we come to Christ, sometimes we come, maybe we're in, a, in our marriage or in, in, in relationships, and, and now we're in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new. But our thinking is still the same. And so we, the Bible says we need to renew our mind by the washing of the word of God that we can prove what is the acceptable, the permissible, and the perfect will of God. But we've got to renew our mind. We've got to adopt those things. And then we talked about the discipline of taking action. If you want to see the, the word of God coming forth in your life, you've got to take action. If you want to prosper, what do you have to do? So, whatever you sow, you reap. Well, I don't have to give my money. I'm going to have just give my time. Well, guess what? That's why you have lots of time. 
You can't plant an apple seed and want an orange. So whatever you sow, and, and thank God for that, but some people, they got lots of time on their hands because that's all they do. And that's wonderful, but come on, if you, if you want, if I have an Afghan blanket and I sow that, what am I gonna reap? Someone's gonna give me a blanket. I'm gonna be blessed in that area. Whatever you sow, you reap. And so we, we need to apply those principles and take action. Whatever you wanna see. You want a happy marriage? What do you gotta do? Sow the way that God's, God's word says. What? As if you're a husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. If you're a woman, trust your husband that God's in him. Trust God more than you trust him. And submit to him as you submit to the Lord. Come on. It's mutual submission. And what will happen? You put things in order. Raise your children in the ways of God. And when they're old, they'll not depart from them. Amen? Train your child. The Bible says you spare the rod, you spoil the child. Well, I don't believe in discipline. Well, no wonder your child's crazy. Come on. There's some kids that are like that. Someone was, Dwayne was telling me, he was talking to somebody the other day. And he's like, that boy is crazy. Running around, screaming, crying, acting like what? Because they've never been taught boundaries. We all need boundaries. If not, our kids will run the roost. The, the best book, if you're going to give birth, I know, you know, some people give birth, but the, read the book Baby Wise. I promise that. Because it teaches you, put your kid on a schedule. If you let your child determine your schedule, your schedule will be crazy. Are you here? So that's another message. But, but we've got to discipline our affection. We've got to discipline our doctrine, changing the way we think. And we've got to begin to take action. And as we do that, transformation starts happening in every area of our life. As we start sowing the right habits, what will happen? A thought becomes a habit, and a habit becomes destiny. That's what we need to do. And we learned last week, it takes at least 21 days to form a habit. So if you want to change things, form a habit. I've been on vacation, came back, and we've you know, been busy, but this Monday, I'm starting some disciplines. Are you here? And so... What am I doing? To get in the habits and do it. And so you've got to do it for 21 days or it won't become a habit. But when it comes to habit, it becomes your lifestyle. It becomes your destiny. Can you say amen? In Matthew 4, verse 19, we want to take this a little bit further. It's, it said, Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Really, what is God in this? Really, what is transformation about? It's about following Jesus. It's not about just doing what Pastor Derek does or Pastor Susan or, or whoever that, that you look up to maybe. And you can follow us. Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But ultimately, Jesus said we have to follow him. And what does it mean to follow me? The two words talk about a destination and a journey. Someone say a destination. destination. Say a journey. So we got to understand in following Christ, we're going towards a destination. What is the destination? That we become more like Jesus. That, that we're transformed in our life. We take on Ephesians 4, says the stature, the nature, the fullness of Christ. Amen. And he comes back for a glorified body without spot or wrinkle. A body that's not perfect, but been washed by the blood of, of, of Jesus. And a, a, a people that are, that are serving him and following him. That's the, the destination. And what, what happens then? We, we begin to live in eternity with Christ. Amen? I don't know about you. I get excited about that. That's the thing that we're living for. We live with eternity in our hearts, the Bible says. But we sometimes forget about the journey. And sometimes the destination seems so far away. How could it ever, how can I ever achieve there? You know? It's like, I, I want to prosper. I want to believe I can make six figures, seven figures. I got one amen. I said, I want to believe I can make six figures, seven figures. Amen? Come on, you ain't even saying amen. It ain't going to happen. But how do I get from bankruptcy to there? Because sometimes the destination is so far away. But what do we have to do? Start journeying. And when I say that, you're like, well, how could that ever happen? There's many millionaires out there that were bankrupt. Some of them a few times. Are you here? Because they learned what not to do. And they didn't do it again. And then they learned what to do. Are you here? They learned what not to invest in. And then, but you got to keep doing it. If it's not working for you, it's working on you. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's not working for you, it's working on you. And that's what God wants to do. That's part of the journey. So the destination is where you are going, but the journey determines how you get there. The journey determines how you get there. Because when you get to, you look at a, an athlete, you know, Michael Jordan, when I watched the movie recently about Michael Jordan and, uh, you know, in the Nike story and how he, got, you know, was the first person to get royalties and all. And I didn't know that. It was, it was a phenomenal story. But the guy was kicked off his basketball team. Yeah. 
But he didn't go home crying to mama. They didn't give him a trophy for failing. Coming in last place. So he's not sad. Well, he went home and his dad probably said, stop your crying. Get out there and start practicing. And so he got out there and kept missing and kept missing and figured out what he got. He got a coach. Come on, that's called your pastor, your connect group leader. Come on, I have coaches in business. I have coaches in ministry. I have people in every arena of my life, marriage coaches that are farther along. Come on, don't get a coach who's been divorced four times. Get someone who's been married 40 years. And, they, and what do they do? They teach you the journey. And what did he do? He went and practiced, practiced. And so he made it look so easy. He'd go out in the court and it just, every, almost every time. It made it look so easy. One of the greatest athletes ever in the realm of basketball. Are you here? Smart. He prospered. But it was doing the, the reps, putting in the reps, putting in the disciplines. The discipline of action. Getting up and doing it when you don't feel like it. When, you, when you're doing well, don't, you don't grow weary because you know your eyes on the destination. Your eyes on the goal. Are you here? And so in, in our faith, what is faith? It's really action. Faith without works, the Bible says, is dead. And let me say it this way. Faith without action is dead. How do you know what you believe? Because of what you do. You don't do anything you don't believe under pressure. Are you here? And you believe God prospers you, you tithe. When pressure comes, well, I can't afford to tithe. Well, you didn't really believe God's going to prosper you. Because when I'm in trouble, all the more I need my senior partner, the Holy Spirit, to come through. Come on. I've done my part, God. you got to do your part because I'm doing all I can do. Are you here? If you really believe, you keep doing it no matter what things are happening around. As you go to the, you're on there, going towards the destination to the other side and what God has called us, when the storm comes and there's the thunder and the lightning and all the stuff's coming, the waves are there, what do you do? Keep going towards the other side. And the storm will pass. Keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. Have you heard me say this before, but I, you know, I love the Chicago airport. Because everything I'm there, time, every time I go there, God speaks to me. Because when you go from one terminal and you come down the escalator and you get into the terminal, it says, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. And guess what? You come out on the other side. And I get encouraged the whole way. Come on, somebody, we need to go and just keep telling us, keep walking, keep walking, keep doing it, keep obeying the word of God. And you're going to come out on the other side. The journey is how you get there. So in this journey, our character is being molded. God's more interested in our character than our comfort. God's goal in us, the role of the Holy Spirit, is to transform us to be like Jesus. And sometimes it's painful. I don't like it because I want to keep my, 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 my offense. I don't like it. I want to hold on to justice. And God says, justice is mine. Give it to me. No, I want justice. We're waiting for years for justice, and it's eating us up. Bible says, justice belongs to the Lord. Give it to God. God's the judge. And he, everything comes out in the end. Come on. Every idle word will be kind of, well, that ain't our business. We got to keep walking on us. So we forgive not to acknowledge something that was wrong and make it right, but so it doesn't have power over us. And so we, we've got to come to that place where our character is being molded. As we're going through the journey, God's working in us so that when we get to the destination, we can live there and we can flourish. Can you say amen? amen. We find success and, and we, we do it from changing our mindsets, changing our habit, habits. And guess what? The habits that caused us to fail are no longer there. And now we put in habits that cause us to be successful. God's not a respecter of persons. He says, whosoever. Someone say, that's me. I always want to say whosoever. I'm like, that's me when I read that in the Bible. Because whosoever, that means anybody can do it. But sometimes we don't want to do the, 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 what it says after that, but we want the result. We live in a world now, I mean, and people are, you know, there's a, a crisis of manpower. People don't want to work. I mean, the COVID checks have stopped coming for a long time. I don't know what people are doing. But some people don't want to work. But restaurants can't stay open because they can't find staff. It's crazy. Oh, people you can't, business is closing down because they can't find manpower to operate. You know, we've got more jobs, and I don't know the statistics, how true they are, but jobs, there's more jobs created, but do people want to work? 
But guess what? We all want to prosper. We all want new things. Come on, how many of you already got your Christmas list? My daughter's birthday's this week, and she's got her list. She sent out her list. You know, she's checking it twice. You know, we got our Christmas list. We got our birthday list. You know, my kids are putting their next year's list going. <laughs> Sometimes I go, Dad, can I have that for my birthday, an early birthday present? I'm like, we still end up getting them a present, and now they're trying to dip into next year's birthday. Come on. <laughs> we all like things. We all like, we're created to like nice things. Come on, you have a ring on your finger. Most of us have a ring. If we're married, or you have a ring, and it's gold. Why don't you have a wood ring? Why don't you have a plastic ring? I know those are in now. Sometimes the guys, we get those little, but why? why? Because you like gold. You like white gold? Do you like yellow gold? You like expensive stuff? Oh, come on, don't. Some of you are getting real quiet right now. I'll get a bucket. If you don't like it, put it in the bucket right now. We'll take it from you. Melt it down. Come on, if you don't like it. But why do you like nice things? Because God likes nice things. The streets of heaven are gold. He's got gold candlesticks. He's got gold in his robe. He's got a crown of gold. Why? Because God likes nice things. He likes gold. So he created gold. So there's nothing wrong with liking nice things. But how do you get those things? You don't steal you don't rob from others. Come on. The Robin Hood story is not real. <laughs> because we'll have people rob from the poor, and what do they do? They end up not giving to the poor. They rob from the rich to give to the poor. They don't end up giving to the poor. They keep it. Uh, because we can do it. If we're not careful, we can become greedy. Greediness, materialism. I just money, money, money. I want more, more, more. You know, here I am, honey. You married me. Decorate me. Come on. Make me look beautiful. Come on. It's not about that. Nothing wrong with nice thing, but y'all turn to your neighbor and say, you sure look nice this morning. Come on, look. Even Jaleesa's got her holy jeans on today. I mean, they look. We pay lots of money so the holes are cut properly. When I was growing up, you just you had a rip. You just kind of ripped it a bit more and wore it. And now it's like we, we buy them already ripped, pre-ripped. Come on, we... We like that. Why? Because we're made in the image of God. Nothing's wrong with that. God's created us for things. He's destined us not to be a failure or a loser. God doesn't create losers. God doesn't create failures. We're all called to be successful. But, but what's going to happen? You've got to be a whosoever. You've got to take action. And we call that living and walking by faith. If we want to see the results, live and walk with faith. Don't get upset because someone else is getting blessed because they're working the word. They're living it. They're walking like, well, I don't know why. God. God's not a respecter of persons. Whosoever does it, God will begin to perform his word. Amen? Galatians 2 verse 20. It says, Paul says this, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what does it happen here? You've got to crucify the old man. You've got to crucify the flesh. You've got to crucify the wrong way of living. And sometimes, you know, some churches, all they do is talk about the crucifixion. Crucified, die, you just died. I'm like, I already died five times. I still need to die. And all they talk about is dying. Every week's a funeral service. But we got to read the rest of the verse. Why? I'm crucified with Christ. Because guess what? Now it's not about me. He's living. He's living on the inside of me. Amen? The life that I live, it's not a life that's bound by the flesh, by works. Some of you are so stressed. The word stress means the inability to handle pressure. Why are you handling all the pressure? The servant of God doesn't strive. And I understand there's a lot of things that can make my life stressful. But guess what? God is in control. This ain't my church. It's his church. My business is not my business. It's his business. My house is not my house. It's his house. I'm a steward of it. And I have to put action in. But it's his job to give the increase. You don't plant the seed and stress every day. Oh, please grow. Please grow. Come on, ground. Produce a seed. No. Do your little rain dance. Hoping it will rain. No, what do you, you care for? But you trust the ground. You trust if it's good soil, if it's healthy soil, come on, the seed is gonna come forth. Amen? 
You know, when we're kids, and I think in elementary, we plant beans in the cup with a little thing. And I'm looking at that bean every day, every five minutes. When's it going to come, Mommy? When is it going to come? She says, just leave it alone. Trust the soil. And guess what? You forgot about it, and three days later, here comes the little sprout. Because by faith, we know that what God said, it's going to come to pass. If God said it, come on, that settles it in our life in Jesus' name. Come on, amen. So when Christ lives in us, what's the purpose? We can live by faith. The life I live is not a life of the flesh. It's not a life of striving like everyone else. Again, I'm not saying be a lazy Christian. We've got to do our works. We've got to do what God calls us to do. But sometimes God says, be still and know that I'm gone. Sometimes you've done all you can do and God says, just stand in expectancy. Come on, how many of you are standing in some expectancy for some things right now? Come on, amen? I am too. Because we know Christ is working. And it takes the pressure off of us. In Galatians 3 verse 5, it says, Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? For just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of the faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of the faith are blessed with believing in Abraham. So what is it saying? Only those who walk by faith inherit the blessing of Abraham. What's the blessing of Abraham? Lift up your eyes. That's the territory that's yours. Every place that your feet shall tread, you have a dominion. Those that bless you will be blessed. Those that curse you will be cursed. There's a blessing, and they have that, the, the blessing. Right now we see in the world, and I'm not here to get political, and war is terrible, war is ugly, but let me tell you this. God has a land that's established for his people. It was given under Abraham, the promise of him. They lost the land. God said, I'm gonna gather them back, and that's their land. So if you're trying to take the land away from God's people when he gave it to them, you're trying to take it away from God. And it ain't gonna work out for you. Are you here? And we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We need to pray what's happening. What's happening is terrible on both sides because war is ugly. Are you here? But, but when we look at, you know, the, the bylaws, you want to find out and you look at Hamas, and this is all I'm going to say this more. Google Hamas. What are their bylaws? And, and their main belief system in paragraph two is we want to wipe the Jewish people off the face of the earth. That, that's not a good way to start. And so what do we have? We have the children of the seed of Ishmael, which came through Abraham because he tried to strive in the flesh and he had consummated with his maid and Ishmael was born. And all the, those that came from him. But Isaac is where the Jewish line came through Isaac, through Jacob, and the Jewish nation was established. It was a promise. Now, does God love everyone? Yes. But we've got to understand what's going on here. There's a spiritual tension that's going on here. And we should not be celebrating what, what's happening. We need to pray for peace. We need to stand against it. Come on. Going in on a public holiday and taking grandmas and women and children and raping them and killing them is evil. Are you here? And so we, we stand and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We stand with the nation of Israel. Amen. Personally and as a church. Because the Bible says to do it. Amen. And uh, we love the Palestinians. We love everyone. But come on, we have to follow the Bible. We know what's going to happen. Jesus is coming back to a Jewish-controlled city, and he's going to come through the East Gate. <laughs> the Bible tells us. So we know the end of the story. Are you here? Amen? All right, a little commercial there. All right. Now, as we live according to the works of the flesh, what does the Bible say? We're cursed. In Galatians 3, verse 10, he says, many as the works of the law are under the curse. So what's the law? It wasn't that it was bad, but it's striving in the flesh to try to do things. And when you strive in the flesh to try to do things, what happens? God says, okay, you do it. And what happens? It brings about a curse. Curses everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law and the sight of God is evident because we don't live according to the law of what's right and wrong and do and don't and trying to do it in the flesh, in the, in the fleshly system. What does it say? The just shall live by faith. What is faith? Faith comes by hearing. hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
You don't need to have a prophecy. If it's written in red, that's the word of God. If it's written in the 66 books of the Bible, that's the word of God. You be, be faithful to the written word. Does God speak prophetically? Yes. Be faithful to that also. And the, the prophetic word never contradicts the written word. The word and the spirit agrees. But that's the obedience to what God has said. We're not out there trying to do it ourselves. And when we get into that, we're under the power of mammon. We get under the power of the flesh. And all it does is make you tired. I ain't get no amens on that. Come on, turn your neighbor and say, I'm going to live by faith. Come on, tell somebody else, say, I'm going to walk by faith. So taking action is what replacing the bad habits. And I tend to do it too because, you know, as a driven person, as a goal setter, as a leader, I want to take action. But I've had to learn through years of taking the wrong action and getting ahead of God and messing up to say, if God doesn't say jump, I ain't jumping. If God doesn't say, go, I'm not going to do it. If you want to see the miraculous, the first miracle that Jesus did, his mother told the servants, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. That's the key. If he doesn't tell you to do it, don't do it. Now, of course, use your anointed common sense, but I'm saying don't make major decisions. Don't make power moves. Come on. You don't need a word from the Lord to buy which peanut butter you want. You like the nuts, get the nuts. You like the creamy, get the creamy. God doesn't care. You know, some Christians are like, oh, I'm waiting on the, it's like, God don't care. Use your brain. What do you like? Do you like chocolate or vanilla? You need a word from the Lord. Are you here? I'm not talking about that. But what I'm saying, in the major decisions and stepping out and things that, that we're doing in our investments and all of those things, wait on the Lord. Are you here? Be led by the Lord. You know, I went on vacation, all that, and I, told, I felt the Lord told me, pull out all your investments. You're on vacation. It's a Sabbath. And I pulled out all my investments into cash, and the market went down, 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 down. And guess what? I came back from vacation, and now things are bouncing. How can you figure that out? You can't figure that out. But that was a word for me. Well, I don't believe that. Well, that's why you're down right now, and you're not up. Come on. Come on, people. Because I live in the supernatural. I live in that, that, that place. Have I learned? No, but when I hear God, I do it. And I wasn't, I, you know, most of my stuff's long-term. I could have just left it, but I felt that I had a word from God. And, and when you obey God, it brings forth blessing. Are you here? Some of you say, why didn't you tell me, Pastor? Because I'm not your guru. All right, come on. <laughs> John 5 and verse 1 says, After there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of six people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whenever, whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. So what do we see here? We know the story. There was a pool of Bethesda. The angel would come down, and it was a supernatural movement. He would move the water, and whoever got in first got healed. Not the second one, not the third one, not the fourth one, the first one. Well, why didn't God heal them all? I don't know. That's how it was. But here's a man, 38 years, been waiting to be first. And guess what? That man, he wanted to get into the pool. He, there was a multitude that was there. It was a man made well. People who were not physical, they wanted to get into it. But guess what? If you're sick, you need somebody else's help to get in. So guess what? When, when you didn't get in first, you're blaming your friend. You weren't fast enough. Come on, you should have been faster. You should have been wearing your Nikes. He had those Air Jordans on, you could have jumped faster. And what? We blame others because it's a man made system. And so today we have sick, and many people they're in their situations and they only feel there's one way out. Financially, there's only one way out. There's only one miracle. There's only one route in order to do it. And we're sitting around waiting for the miracle to happen, we're waiting for something to stir. And sometimes we get in a place where there's no activity, where nothing is happening. Some people go and they play the lottery. Why? Because they think that's the only way. If I could just win at the gambling table. Are you here? Patsy came back and Chris from their cruise. I hope they didn't come on. No, I know they didn't. 
But there's people like that. What are they doing? I just need you on the cruise and go to the gambling and everyone's there and I'll just win. Guess what? You never win. You might win a little bit and you're going to lose a lot. I used to have people, we'd have people calling the church when I was in Singapore that lost their houses. Because I, if I just hit my winning streak, I'll be okay. And they don't know how to stop. But that's the only way they think they, they prosper is that they, through the gambling. Or if I just win the lottery. And I don't even know if we have a lottery in California, do we? Well, you know, something, you're there and they're there scratching those little things. They're there putting those things. They're just like, if I can just strike the lottery. Do you know the odds of you striking the lottery? It's almost impossible. If you're waiting to get wealthy by striking the lottery, you're going to be waiting. And guess what? Most people who strike the lottery lose it all in the first year. Because it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. If we don't learn how to manage what we have and be faithful with the little, we're not going to be able to be faithful with the medium, and we're not going to be able to be faithful with the much. Are you here? Or you're going to end up in jail because you didn't pay your taxes. <laughs> well, I never had taxes before because you didn't make enough money. And I'm not laughing that majority of Americans don't pay taxes. They're like, well, my taxes are paying that. You don't even pay taxes. Are you here? It's, it's not about that. But, but we've got to learn how to manage in the midst of the journey. People think they have to cheat in order to get promoted. That's the only way I see. So we've seen people robbing and stuff. And, you know, I went to the store the other day, and, I mean, they're locking up everything now. It's like you, to even buy a razor, you got to get somebody to unlock the thing to buy razors. To buy, because people are just stealing blind. If it's under $1,000, you can get away with it. But some people, now they think, hey, why not? If I need something, I just take it. And they think that's the only way to success. Some people, they think suicide is the only way to peace. And they think that's the only way out. Come on, call somebody. Get some help. There's, there's, that's, a, that's not the solution. But in our mind and our flesh, we can be looking towards the wrong things, thinking that's the only way. That's the only way. If I cheat, if I get to the top, or by chance something happens. But how do we accomplish greatness? How do we get into faith? Three ways, very quickly. Number one, faith is being a possibility thinker. Faith starts in your thinking. Not limiting yourself to one way. Well, I'm not enough, I don't have enough education. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. Those that have been successful, many of them that became successful was in negative times. There's more millionaires made during recession times than any other time. Why? Because if you can solve a problem for someone at a high level, you'll make a lot of money. That's the key. But having possibility thinking. How can we create possibilities? God's on the inside of us, getting the mind of God. Amen? It's not just working harder. There's a lot of people working hard. Come on, I, I came back, I went up to Arrowhead for uh, camping for a few days and came back. And there were some guys on the side of the road working hard in the sun paving the road, it stinks, it's, they, they work harder than me, I'm sorry. But that doesn't mean they're compensated the most. And thank God for those people, I'm not knocking it. But just because you work harder doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. We, we learned that my dad, work hard, you'll be successful. No, there's a lot of people working hard and they're making other people successful. That's called the boss. He don't work so hard. He just collects the paycheck. He collects the money. And, and what do businesses do? In a corporation, they want to pay people the least, have the least amount of expenses, and have the most amount of money for their shareholders. Are you? That's the system. So we've got to get into possibility thinking. Jesus saw the man lying there, and he knew he already had been in that condition a long time, and he said to him, do you want to be made well? Duh. 38 years sitting there, like, what do you think I'm doing here? I'm waiting for the angel, Jesus. Do you want to be well? Everybody in the pool was waiting for the water to stir. But why? Because Jesus wanted to think, well, see where his thinking was. Because sometimes we like our, our, our place to where we're at. We live in victimization. Because it gets attention and we all got our story and this happened to me. Or I, I come from a divorced family or I grew up this way or I grew this. And everyone, oh, come here. And we like that. 
Come on, and I'm not knocking the fact that we need comfort, but like all of us have a story. And your story is painful because it's your story. My story is painful because it's my story. But we've got to get impossible things. So Jesus said, do you want to meet me well? Let me ask you, do you want to prosper? Do you want a good marriage? Do you want godly children? Fill in the blanks. Why? Because first we got to, in our thinking, acknowledge that we're ready to take action. Because some people, they don't. They, They like the victimization. There's some people that are okay because they're, they're getting a welfare check every month. They got people taking care of, the, they're living off the government. And thank God, I'm not knocking it, but with a government that if you get into trouble, you lose your job, they're there to help you. So you don't lose your whole livelihood until you get back on your feet. But after a while, we can be like, this life's easy. I just get a hand down. I just have something, you know. And, and if, if that happens, don't make that your lifestyle. Do you believe you can get off food stamps? Do you believe that you can be prospering? Do you believe, well, I just had broken relationships and everyone's coming and I always, you know, people always feel bad for me, call me out on Friday night so I'm not home alone. And we like the attention. But do you believe that you can be healthy? Do you believe that God's word can work for you? Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? Our mindset has to change. Can you see yourself prospering? Can you see yourself blessed? Can you see yourself successful? Can you see your business where God wants us to be? Can you see your ministry where God wants us to be? We've got to see it because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you can't see it by faith, you're not going to see it in the natural. Come on, when I preach to you, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to thousands. We've got more people watching online than we do in the, in the house. Are you here? This church honestly wasn't built by those that are sitting here. People came later. It was built by people who we already had ministry with that watched us online and gave. Yeah. Are you here? All those chairs? We bought those chairs when we had people. Why? Because there's a vision, and vision attracts provision. Yeah. We, we don't work by a budget. If we were by a budget, we wouldn't be here. Are you here? Because first of all, my budget is my salary. I don't take a salary. If I took a salary, you can't afford me. We'd be in a school somewhere, setting up every day. Are you here? But my wife and I, God's blessed. Can I have a vision that God can provide for me so I don't need to be a burden of the church, so we can be productive in ministry, our kids can have good facilities. Come on, we have a parking lot. We don't have to walk a mile to get to church. Can you believe it? Well, I don't know. I don't believe that. I don't know if that's possible. Well, no wonder it doesn't happen. There's there's churches, not to knock them. They've been in the school for 25 years. Are you here? But what am I seeing? We're going to have a building. A visible building because it was prophesied in the marketplace. Come on. That we can connect with people, that people can drive by. I get provoked. When I went to Europe, every time I go to Europe, I get provoked because the Bible talks about a city on a hill and talks about the church. Every city you go to in those, country, those countries that there's been thousands of years, the church is on the highest hill in the city and everywhere you can look up. And you know what they do when church was starting? They'd ring the bell and everybody look up. Oh, it's time to go to church. Come on, we're not supposed to be hidden somewhere. And thank God for the journey. But this is not our destination, amen? Don't get addicted to your building. Oh, I just missed Elizabeth Hill building. And I don't know where we're going to end up. But come on, we're going to end up in a visible place. I've seen it. It's been prophesied. Come on, we can train people where the nations can come. That's what I'm about. That's what I'm preaching to. Are you here? The sick man answered him. You learning something today? Says, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. That was his mindset. Because he was stuck too long and being dependent on someone else. He couldn't see another way out. And sometimes we do that with God. The Bible says, As a man thinks in his heart, so he is, and we think God can only provide this way. And we're only looking. God can only provide through this job. God can only provide for this person. God can only provide for this way. And we become dependent on someone else or we become dependent on only one way God can do it. But God can save a thousand ways. Everybody's got their journey. People come and they're like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like, there's many ways to the top of the mountain. You got to come through Jesus. But just because I haven't had an experience, I don't think, can't say it's not God. And people miss out on moves of God because God starts doing things differently. Well, it's not the way he's always done it. God does likes to do new things just to prove he's God. Amy Simmel McPherson up in northern California, you know, in, in L.A., people would come and prostitutes would sit on the front row and get healed. 
People are like, well, they're in sin. Why did God heal them? And a Christian didn't get healed. Why? We don't always understand. But because the person was hungry, the person's heart was open to God. And God is sovereign. You might not think they're deserving, but God don't care what you think. Come on, he'll take the foolish things and confound the wise. You know, Eli's got his whole household and it's all his sons. And guess what? Here comes whippersnapper Samuel. <laughs> Prophesying. Who, what, who qualified you to prophesy? You just little kid, you're supposed to be cleaning up the temple. But his words didn't fall to the ground. When he said something, it came to pass and it came a call. And guess what? People were going to say, you better watch out. When he says something, it's going to happen because he's a prophet. Come on. It's the hand of God. David. The bastard son, out there, out of the, away from, from mama, out of, out of the home, up out the, in, in, in the pasture with the stinky sheep, doing the lowest job. Samuel comes, where, give me all your sons. They never even called him. But guess what? The anointing didn't pass on those that God hadn't chosen. God said that the, to, through the prophet, is there another son? And had to go wait for him to come down from the hills, smelling like sheep, been out with the dung, wrestling with the lions and the bears, and comes up and God pours oil on his head and raises him up to be the next king. Come on. Don't limit, man. Don't have to go through, well, I didn't get my master's degree, my PhD. There's people pumping gas with master's degree. That ain't, and I'm not against education. My kids are going to college. I'm, I want them to get educated. Knowledge is great, but don't put your trust in your knowledge. I have knowledge and use your anointed common sense, but if God speaks, I put knowledge aside and I walk with God. Because that's the supernatural. Are you here? His mindset had to change. How many of we know people like that? Maybe we tasted failure and we blame everyone else except ourselves. We come up and we begin to be, play it safe. Don't take risk. And, and what do we do? We come to the place where we become naturally negative. We can become naturally critical. The children of Israel are that way because we're, we're naturally negative by nature. If I say I got good news and bad news, what do you want to hear first? Majority, tell me the bad news first. That's just how we are. Psychological studies have proven that. Children of Israel, what happened in Numbers, and very quickly I put it up, it said, so the majority of the report of the spies was negative. God said, I'm giving you this land. It flows with milk and honey. It's going to be blessed. You're going to prosper. And why do you even need spies? Because it needed a strategy. But when they went in, what happened? The majority of the report was negative. So they spent 40 years in the wilderness because they wouldn't change their thinking. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. You may be a grasshopper. Come on. Turn your neighbor and say, I ain't afraid to be a grasshopper. Come on. Because when you're a grasshopper and you've got God's anointing on you and you, got, you can slay giants. Come on. And David was a little giant slayer. He didn't come with a machine gun. He didn't come with a big old sword and machete. He couldn't even fit in the armor. It was too heavy. He couldn't move. He came with a slingshot and said, how dare you defy the most high God? I don't come in the strength of David. I come in the strength of the Lord. And one little rock was all it took, and he slayed the giants, and he had four more rocks for all of his brothers. Come on, why are those stories in the Bible? Because God can do anything for someone who believes in God's not limited. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your intelligence. Come on. Just open your, his, your mouth and say what he said. Just do what he said. There's a lot of people I know that are not the smartest people that are super successful. Yeah. And I look, so I meet people and you're like, how in the world? But you know what it was? Majority I found they were in the right place at the right time, bought the right thing at the right time and position. It wasn't they were so smart. It's about timing. And guess what? When we walk with God, God will order our times and our seasons. Come on. And we can prosper. Y'all ain't ready for this. Come on. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. Start thinking the thoughts that God thinks concerning you. Break out of your limitations. <laughs> We've got to be possibility thinking. Well, I don't know if it's possible. I'm just going to be stuck with the mundane. I'm just going to be average. God's not called you to be average. And come on, I'm a pretty big thinker. But God says, 
Your thoughts are small in my mind. Far above what you can even think or imagine are the things I prepared for you if your heart is towards me. And revelation and blessing flows. Come on, I gotta finish. Number two, faith is progressive. Faith is progressive. What does it mean? What used to be faith is no longer faith. Come on, I used to have, have to have faith to pray for headaches. I don't really need faith now. I've seen thousands of headaches prayed. But come on, I need to have a little bit more faith for a crippled person. Yeah. Yeah. Told me to tell the story when I went to Brazil and the guy came up, couldn't even walk, and his knees are standing up, and I'm like, I did not have faith. <laughs> and God says, I told you to have faith in me, not faith in your faith. Oh. You know, I got provoked. What's the difference in a headache and knees to me? You know, and I had to repent really quickly. Lord, forgive me. You know, you know, <laughs> get my heart right. And, and what? Put faith in God. Bible says have faith in God. It ain't about your faith and your, all that your scripture and all that you know. And all, don't put your faith in that. The scribes and the Pharisees had faith in all their religiosity and it was death. They were whitewashed tombs. Put the word in it. But it's God. Faith is progressive. In Luke 11 verse 9 it says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, who? Everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. He says that if a son asks bread from a father among you, will he not give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? God is a giver. But what's the requirement? you got to ask, you got to seek, and you got to knock. And that's in the present perfect sense. It doesn't mean ask once. Well, I prayed one time and nothing happened. It means ask and keep asking until you get it. Seek and keep seeking until it happens. Knock and keep knocking until it happens. I mean, nowadays you got to keep knocking. Come on, even in my house, they're all on their headphones, on their computer, the doorbell's ringing, they're knocking, FedEx spread, and they're like, nobody here. You got to make some noise until it happens. Are you here? And so, what is it speaking to us? For 40 years in the wilderness, they had a negative and a critical mindset. But God wants us to move into possibility thinking. God wants us to, to be pro pro progressive. It's action to, to knock, to seek, to act. It, it's, it's, it takes energy to begin to put those things. you got to put it in motion and keep doing and keep sowing. If God said it this way, I tried it, it didn't work. Well, I must better try this. I better try that. And guess what? I'm going to keep trying until it's working to work. I'm going to keep sowing until it, it happens. Because I believe in the law of seed time and harvest. Well, I've been tithing for one month. It didn't work. I'm not going to do it anymore. What, what, if a farmer farmed for one week and nothing happened, what would, what would that be happening? If he farmed for one month and nothing happened, keep sowing, keep asking, keep seeking, keep having expectancy. If it hasn't happened yet, get ready. It's going to happen. Come on, tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor you better get ready. If we're not asking, we're not seeking, we're not knocking, we're not going to have success. I put this up for you. To have success, we need to know that what? Receiving is for the askers. Children are very good at asking. Mama, mama, mama. They cry. Crying don't work. They, I love you, mama. They'll try whatever they do. They keep asking until they get it. Receiving comes for the askers. Finding comes for the seekers. People, I can't find a job. You ain't looking. Keep seeking. Well, how many? Well, I sent two resumes out. And, well, <laughs> send out 200. Come on. Keep finding. And if they don't call you, go and call them. And get them to put that thing on the top of the pile instead of the bottom of the pile. So when I was young, I got a job. We didn't even fill applications. We showed up. I want to work. When can I start? And they sat me down right there and interviewed me, and I filled out the application afterwards, and I started working. Are you here? Come on, show up, ready to work. You know, we got, I don't even want to go there, but anyway. <laughs> Breaking through is reserved for the knockers. You want to break through? I want to break through. It ain't just about singing. Break every chain, break every chain, you know. 
Come on, you, are you still singing Monday through Friday? Are you showing up thinking today's breakthrough, this week's a breakthrough, this week, I, I tell you, this week, I'm going to have a breakthrough this week. Oh, it's coming. I've been praying, I've been sowing, I've been growing myself, I've been, it's coming. John 5 and verse 8 says this, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. What? Not, friend, come pick me up and carry me. You rise up, take up your bed, and walk because greater is he who is in you than he's in the world. Come on, when Jesus is here in the room, come on, he moves you out of your inability into his ability. What is God asking you to do? Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, take the dirty water, it was the dishwasher, and turn it into the best wine. That don't even make sense. But whatever he tells you to do, do it. Yeah. Go bathe in the dirty water, Naaman. Seven times. I ain't getting in that water. The servant says, why are you so proud? What do you have to lose? No one else can treat you. So he went. What am I doing? This is stinky. I'm a general. I'm like, what did you? But guess what? By the fourth time, his brain shut up. By the, by the seventh time, he came out clean with baby, beautiful skin. Come on. He could have been an oil of Olay commercial. <laughs> because of the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Faith is persistent. You got to see it to have it. Hebrews 6 verse 12, it says that you do not become sluggish. A live church, let's not become sluggish. Let's not become complacent in our praying and our giving and our sowing and our evangelism and, and believing God. Let's keep believing God for big things. As you get older, I don't have as much energy. So I got young people. I run and get tired and say, you go do the rest. Come on. Get people around you. They, got, they ain't got as much wisdom. You got to keep them pointing in the right direction, but they can run. Are you here? But, but I, I determined, I'm not going to grow sluggish. I'm not going to retire. People, I can't wait till I'm 65. I'm going to retire. What, what do you want to retire for? Not am I getting the check, but I'm going to go do something else. Come on, if I work for it, I deserve it. I'm taking it, but I'm not going to stop. Don't be retired and sit in your rocking chair and just watch Netflix all day and just exist. Come on, I'm still going to be traveling to the nations. I'm still going to be preaching. I'm going to still come in. I might not be the one preaching. I'll be sitting there cheering on my sons and my daughters. But, but don't, don't lose the, the persistency. Faith is persistent. It says imitate those who through faith and patience, they've inherited the promises of God. Come on, how many want to inherit the promises of God? You got to have faith. Got a faith. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. How do you follow him? You got to follow him with faith. It took faith. They just met Jesus, but they experienced the supernatural. Jesus said, hey, you see the miraculous life? That's what you're called to. They'd fished all night and not caught anything. Jesus said, go a little bit further. They went it further. They had net breaking both. Together. Who is this man? And he says, leave your fish. You got enough to keep you Feed your family for a while and come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they got up and they followed him. Why? Because they were people who wanted something more than just existing in the mundaneness of life. And come on, those are the people that God's looking for. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Come on, we want to move. We want to grow in faith. We want to move with God. You've got to be a possibility thinker. Say, I'm going to be a possibility thinker. Come on, what's limiting you in your mind? You got to be progressive in your faith. Keep moving. Don't get, just get comfortable and maintain where you're at. Keep growing your faith. Keep pressing on for more. How many ready for some more? And be persistent. Don't give up. Well, I had a bad day. Well, guess what? It's over. Tomorrow's going to be a good one. Well, I had a bad month. Well, guess what? There's 12 months. Well, I had a bad year. Well, guess what? It's only 52 weeks. There's a lot more weeks coming. And, and that's what we are. We're persistence in the midst of opposition. Christianity is not for the faint-hearted. In the midst of opposition, in the midst of those that come, they say, woe am I if I don't preach the gospel. There's a persistency that is there on the inside of them. Come on, what areas do you need to replace your negative and critical thinking 
with possibility thinking this morning. Come on, put off the thoughts. This week, guard your mind when that thought comes. Ah, mm, 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 mm. We ain't thinking that. We're going to think this. Some people are so weak in their mind. I just can't, my mind, tell your mind to shut up. I sleep like a baby. I turn my mind off. Drives my wife crazy. Because I'm there and I can have all this and I'm just like, all right, good night. She says, how can you, like, I need to talk. I need to, I'm like, no, I just, I, I, because I've developed that tenacity to be able to do that. And tomorrow I switch it on and I pick it up and I go again. Dr. Lester Summerall, he said this and it stuck with me. He said, when I come home from ministry and work and everything, I take my briefcase and I put it at the door and I leave it outside and I go into my home and it's time for family. It's time for me to, to, to enjoy God. And the next day I pick it up again. And I've learned to do that. If not, you get worn off. You never, people never unplug. Always on Instagram, always the TV, always got activity. No wonder you can't hear God. Because you're, you're tired. I'm so tired. You slept 12 hours. Why are you tired? Because your mind never shut off. You're not physically tired. Your mind. You replace the negative thinking with, the, with, with what God has said. Even in the midst of the fiery furnace. Even in the midst of the, the lion's den. Come on, if God is with me, what can stand me? God hasn't set me up to fail. We can travel all the world, and, and, but, but like we're here in Orange County to win. We're in Orange County to accomplish what God has said. There's others that God's called here. We're not the only one. We're part of the body. But, but what God has, has given to us, it's going to come to pass. Are you here? Make a decision to change your life. What's holding you back? What areas have you stopped being progressive in? What areas have you said, oh, I, I don't have the money to do that. I'm too old. I can't do that. And you put limitations on you that God hasn't put on you. Make a decision to change. I'm going to start moving towards it. We, we, we started a church with no money, but the money came. We just had a vision. We moved out here with nothing. Bought a house. People say, you're crazy. What are you buying a house for? What if, what if it doesn't happen? What if it take off? It's like, that wasn't even a thought in our mind because we had a word from God. And guess what? The money started coming. The people started coming. The young people started coming. And they had no money. Yahira was a poor student. Ariana. Sarah, she danced real well, but didn't have a lot of money. All students, Stephen Bobbick, tall and handsome, but didn't have anything else. <laughs> Looking for purpose. But guess what? We grew up. People grew up. Now they're successful. Yahira's had like four raises, and she's a, a sign, like prop. I mean, she's blessed, and her family's like, what's up with you? And you know, Ariana's managing the whole church and doing things and people start, Sarah's doing all she's doing, started a business and killing it in events this year. And, you know, why? Because break off the limitation. Well, I can't do it. I have a job. What's limiting you? Just work a little harder. Put some time in. Cut off Netflix. Netflix. Don't limit yourself. And what? God's prosper because we break out of limitations. We're going to have a building. We got about three years left on our lease, and we need at least $1.5 million or more. How much do we have now? Zero. But in three years, we're going to have it. You might have faith. I, you know, I don't need your faith. I got my faith. And God's going to bring in people, and God's going to prosper you. I'm praying for you to be a millionaire because I want your tithe. Amen. Sarah, become a millionaire. Yahira, become a millionaire. Ariana, become a millionaire. Lace, come on, become a millionaire. Don't limit yourself. Well, we're materialists. No, 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 it's not about, uh, it's about the kingdom. And guess what? It's not gonna be our only building. We're gonna plant new churches. Why are we getting all these preachers ready and training up people? Because they're gonna preach. I ain't gonna preach five times in five different locations. Come on, we're gonna raise up people. So we're putting energy, in, we're getting ready because we're living for a vision. We're breaking off limitation. David was called to be king and he was in a cave. He was called that mighty man, and he had the broke, the down and out, the distraught, the criminals. That's, that's who his mighty men were. But guess what? He, they became mighty men. Guess what? He became king, even though he was running as a fugitive in that time. Because come on, when God settles it, settles it, that settled it. He was persistent. We got to be persistent.
overcome the obstacles? Are there obstacles? Yes. Are there things standing in our way? Yes. But how dare they stand in the way of God? How dare they try to stop, the devil try to stop what God has said. If God is for us, what can stand against us? Come on. And we got some spiritual rocks. Come on, that we're going to slay the giants. We're going to slay the giant of debt. We're going to slay whatever comes against us because if God has said it, that settled us in our life. Come on, lift your voice.